Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by predictive content analytics software, Inbound Writer, and online proofing and collaboration platform, Proof HQ. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Content Pros. We are really excited. We're joined today by Mary Beth Salazar. Thanks, Chris. Mary Beth, great to have you on as on Content Pros. We're really excited to dig in and, and hear all about uh, how you manage content at Cox Media, where you're the Director of Marketing Communication. And uh, I, I know you've got a relationship with us here at Uberflip, and my team gave me a little bit of, of you know, head information that you know you are a wizard as they were called it with a reference to Game of Thrones um, <laughs> where, you're, where we know you're a fan and, and, and really a data geek and you know really into using content throughout the whole organization so we're really excited to dig in on that one of the things that you know maybe you can help us with just you know give us an idea of what you do at Cox Media I think some of us know Cox Media but we think of it as this big beast of a company where sure. really you're, you're working within the B2B side of it Right. Yeah, we like to think of ourselves as like a boutique ad agency in this big company. So um, Cox Media seeks to connect local advertisers with local consumers um, in the markets that we serve across the U.S. So we offer our advertisers on-air advertising and uh, accompanying digital products that help them take their brands and their brand message to the local community. And really our value proposition is helping them target the audiences they want to reach at the time and the place where they want to reach them. It's a lot of fun. It's certainly a dynamic and ever-changing industry, but it's it's enabled us to really figure out some new things about the advertisers that we work with and, and how they like to get information from us and what they need to know and really how we can help them navigate this ever-changing world. That's great. And Mary Beth, some of the questions that you answered before the show, I was really excited because I saw terms that many folks aren't familiar with around content. So two things jumped out to me. One you actually have an editorial director to help with content, and two, you guys have an editorial calendar. So if you could talk a bit about how you're using both of those things, because I think most people talk about it more theoretical and don't actually have much process around either. Right. Well, first, we're very lucky to have the editorial director. We have been able to um, really start to tie some of the revenue that we're bringing in through our lean demand generation and tie that back to the content that we've been creating. Um, and that has helped us position for this kind of director who oversees our calendar. So when you when you hear someone has an editorial director, you're like, wow, they must have this huge staff. We, we don't. We only have four or five people. But we recognize the critical importance of having this player on the team who really helps steward and guide the process month over month, campaign over campaign. And, and the way this editorial director approaches his work and approaches um, the team structure and, and really driving these leads and, and achieving our marketing objectives is through our editorial calendar. And this is a calendar that we just create in Microsoft Excel, so it's nothing super fancy, but it is something that we create 18 months in advance and keep it updated 18 months at a time. And it serves to guide several key components of each of the campaigns um, that we put out through content marketing. So we look at the overarching story we want to tell, and we like to group some of our campaign topics and content topics together to really tell stories. And I think the, the reason that that's powerful is you don't want to send your um, contacts or your list or your 
people you're reaching out to down one path to really help them understand one piece and then jump to a different story. We want to continue to evolve the relationship we have with them and really moving them through the funnel. So we, we track that at the highest level. And then we look at each um, specific topic of the campaign piece that we're going to send out. Our cadence is to send them out monthly and really continue that story literally the third Thursday of every month. They know that they're going to hear from Cox Media with a tip about advertising and building brand in the local marketplace. So we've really been able to keep to that cadence through this content calendar. And the third thing that the content calendar does that I think is really important is it also captures the other places that we're sharing and amplifying the content. So whether that be through our social networks, whether we're using influencers or partners to promote our content, all of that gets captured on this content calendar managed by, or on this editorial calendar managed by our editorial director who really stewards the ship and makes sure that all these key players are working together to develop, to produce, and then to ultimately amplify the content in the marketplace. That's, a, that's amazing. It's, it's, it's great to see. I mean, often we think of big companies as, as being dinosaurs, but you guys are clearly, you know, using your size to approach with sophistication. And, you know, I, 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 would, I usually try and go off the cuff, but I'm going to read something from your LinkedIn profile because otherwise I'll butcher it. And, <laughs> you know, I, I love this line that you had in, in describing your approach where you talked about, you know, full-scale strategy to integrate active clients for cross-sell and upsell into your demand generation waterfall. So maybe, you know, tying to what you were just, you know, landing on there about, you know, strategy and thinking through that process, what is the demand generation waterfall mean to your team? Sure. So we have um, invested effort into making sure that the leads that marketing is bringing into the organization, because at the end of the day, we are a sales organization and marketing exists here and really everywhere, I guess, to either increase the interest of our current clients in the products and services we have to offer or or to bring new potential leads and convert them into clients. So when we look at that waterfall, we see marketing having touches throughout the waterfall, but a heightened focus there at the very top. So making more potential leads aware of Cox Media, what services that we bring um, to them, what benefits we bring to them. And then once we've caught their attention, either through a piece of content or maybe an interaction they have with us on the social page, um, develop marketing campaigns and messages that we can send to them in kind of this drip fashion that take them from awareness to engagement with our products and services and really our sales teams who help us carry that final way between marketing leads and MQL marketing qualified lead to that sales qualified lead and really help us close that business. So those are really three very high high level buckets that we look at when we think of that waterfall or that process but it's really moving um, potential clients from awareness to engagement and ultimately to purchase and satisfaction and repurchase with Cox Media. I love that. And you hit on sales qualified lead. I know another thing that you're really passionate about is sales enablement. And yeah. I think that's something that marketing has not traditionally done a great job of either. So could you talk to how content is supporting your sales process? Sure. Uh, sales enablement is something that we have invested time in over the past eight months or so, really digging down into understanding how to maximize the ROI of the marketing content that we're creating. So we know if we create a content piece and we share it socially and we um, you know, send it out in an email, that, that works well for us. But where we really can maximize the investment that we're asking the organization to put in content marketing is if we can get it in the hands of our salespeople and either have them take it out on their sales call with the local advertiser or you know emailing it directly to the local advertiser 
bringing it up, mentioning it in conversations. So our goal has been to build up the um, confidence of the local sellers both in the process of content marketing and in the content that goes within the specific tactics that we put out. So as we really look to involve them and, and look at our sales enablement process, we've developed a kind of a multi-touch campaign, if you will, that's almost internal marketing about what we're doing and, and how it helps our salespeople, um, which is kind of the first piece, the whiff them. The second piece is really educating them on what is within the content. So each month as we put content together, there's a website, a portal um, that they can go to to download the content piece or any past content piece, understand what it is, how it's used, how they might position it with a client. If the client reads something and has an objection about something that they've read, how they might turn that into a conversation um, that really focuses on the benefits of, of whatever solution that we're proposing. And then finally, the, the back piece of that is making sure that they understand when we send content out on their behalf um, through our marketing automation tool, which is something that we do uh, regularly, that they can see how it's performing and what clients have interacted with it. And we found really through this kind of three-pronged approach that it has built their confidence and, and strengthened that relationship between sales and marketing, which I know in, a, in many organizations is, is something that um, that people continue to work on, just know that everyone's working towards the same goal there. So it helps us strengthen that relationship and it helps us build confidence on both sides that we're, we're seeing good ROI when we do these activities. That's great. And, you know, just a real quick, uh, you, you dropped an acronym in there that, you know, we're all guilty of doing it, assuming everyone knows. I think it was with them. Maybe, uh, maybe you can just oh, make yeah. sure everyone knows what that means and in the context that you were saying, just, just so their audience knows where, where you're going with that. Sure, and I'll give you an example too. So um, with them to us, the letters mean what is in it for me. I think that's enough eyes. What's in it for me? And it's the way that we tell stories, particularly when we're partnering internally, but also when we partner um, with our advertisers and with our clients. So the very first part of the story that we're telling is helping people to connect why they should care what we're talking about. And a lot of the whiffums, of course, for our salespeople is it will make you better at your job or you know it'll increase your revenue. You'll have more money in your pocket at the end of the day. Um, but we've had to come up with some pretty creative ways to tell this whiffum story. Our most recent one, we used a race car analogy and how content marketing, you know, when you send that out to a client, it helps you race to the finish line more quickly. So I think that's something that's pretty uh, a fun way to approach it, but something we found as we work with salespeople that sometimes to help them understand the, the partnership and why you should work together, you have to tell them what's in it for them up front. That's great. That's great. Great advice uh, for, for content marketers. And you know, as we're talking about creating content and with content to figure out what to put down on paper, um, you know, it's a great time to introduce one of our sponsors here at Content Pros. That's Inbound Writer. And they're going to be the guys that can actually help you figure out what to write before you put it down. They've got a great content analysis tool that forecasts your content performance based on real-time analysis of your site, your competition, even search engine behaviors. Uh, with Inbound Writer, you'll know which topics will work, which ones don't, and you remove a lot of that guesswork when it comes to content creation, increasing traffic, and decreasing wasted time on your team. If you want, check out a free trial of the tool at inboundwriter.com slash content pros offer.
And I, I want to go a little bit deeper. We we started on this idea of sales enablement, and you know we always try and give you know listeners to content pros you know real practical case studies where it worked really well. And and I think you were telling us um, you know before we got together on the recording today about an ebook that you put together for your sales team last year, and realizing that you know sometimes certain assets are not going to perform as well on on your you know website as they will within that sales funnel. Can you can you talk to us about you know what that was about and why why you think it resonated so well? Sure. So um, we call this our lookbook. Sometimes we call it a handy helper because salespeople like things that sound cool like Candy Helper. But these are um, guides that we put together that are really content pieces that explain the story behind the content. And we feel that this is valuable to our salespeople, again, because it helps them understand how to use the content and how to really position it with our advertisers. And um, helps them understand, too, that the content that we're putting out is not necessarily the, the things that they're used to seeing from marketing. So it's not about Cox Media products and services. It's really about helping our advertisers navigate this very confusing space um, that is helping their brands stand out in this complex landscape. So I think our handy helpers and our um, lookbooks that really dig down and kind of um, – take a piece of content and break it into smaller parts so they can understand have been a very beneficial and important part of our strategy. So we're talking about books. You mentioned that you have a piece of content that sits somewhere between infographics and ebooks, which you called them G-books. So if you could talk to that too, I think that's a really interesting take in finding a spot that has middle ground there. Yeah, good point. So G-books stands for graphic books. And it's one of those things, I can't remember if we made that up or if we got that somewhere. So. Um, G-books are a way to tell a story that, that provides a bit more context around images. And what we found um, with the list that we call on and the people that we work with, um, it's, it's fast-paced, and they, they want to know what the bottom line is right, right as they start to consume a piece of content. Certainly that attention span is short. We want to make sure that we capitalize on that. So a G-book is, is like an e-book in that it's a multi-page document um, that we often use through flipbooks or PDF, but it's a lot more graphic in nature than, than a usual e-book. So it's, it's a very not reliant very much on text, but very reliant on graphics. It's like the comics books of the content marketing world, I think. It uses a lot of imagery to help tell the point and then pulls out key um, takeaways or, or key statistics that our advertisers should be considering as they read through our content. We like this a lot. So that's great. I, I, you know, there's no question that visual content is is the key right now, and I think even more as we go forward. How, how are you distributing those? Are you, are you using SlideShare as an example? Um, I would imagine that would be a great channel to get those out on, or or how else are you kind of bringing those to your audience? Yeah, we love using SlideShare. Certainly, that's a way um, where we're searchable and we can show up on a lot of relevant topics. The great things about these G-books, too, is because they are so graphic-heavy, um, they are a natural fit for our promotion on Instagram because um, they just have that those bold images that pop right away as you're scrolling down your feed. So we see a lot of traffic driven from our Instagram account back over to our G-books. And um, they are actually pretty interactive, so as you... Um, we use our flip books through our Uber Flip Hub. That's another great way where people can see them, where they can dig down into them. And the good news for us is when we drive them there through that tool, we can see on the back end which page they spent a lot of time with, what content they really zoomed in on and dug down on. And that helps inform us, okay, well, maybe we should write a blog post about this. So then we'll promote it on our blog and continue to drive traffic back. So it's a, it's a big wheel that works together. But particularly with the G-books, those um, amplification channels that really are very visual help us drive a lot of interest back to them. 
So what's the process like of getting everyone bought in on visual content? Because I know that some people work at larger, more traditional companies that have a long track record of success. And it's not always the case where they're willing to say like, hey, let's put more time into our visuals or put more time into video. But we know that that's compelling and we know that it works. So what does that look like for you or within other companies of getting people bought in on graphic content? Sure. Um, we always tell our advertisers when they're ready to put their commercial on air, their immediate response is, well, I want to put the commercial where I'm going to see it. So if they love sports, they want to put their commercial in sports, even if they're trying to target you know, women 18 to 34. So it's a lot like that when it comes to convincing our key stakeholders and boundary partners about the content that we work with. So you have to think in the mind of the person that you're trying to reach with the content. Um, for us, this started with a, a persona exercise and really breaking down the clients that we work with regularly to understand the personas of what their day looks like, where do they go to find um, content and to, to read and to catch up on news, what do they find credible, who do they see as those people who can speak into their business decisions and that they truly trust as partners. And when we shifted the story from, well, this is what our organization does well, you know, white papers, whatever, to this is how the people we're trying to target like to consume this content, a lot of light bulbs went off and I think it really helps people understand we are writing for the end audience and everything we do is focused on how they're going to consume it and not just how we feel comfortable how we've traditionally done it. That's great, Mary Beth. And you know, I, I just have to say on the whole visual content, you guys are masters. I mean, I, I love looking at your guys' content and how it all ties together. It, it just feels very synchronized. Um, you know, maybe maybe one of the things just talking about synchronization, um, but jumping a bit, is uh, you know, you reference using you know my company's platform. I know you're also uh, customers at Oracle Marketing Cloud where Chris works. But but maybe more talk high level. How how do you get content and demand gen to actually work together? I mean, I, I've always said that there's this myth that you know most teams we imagine they're one person or that they're high fiving all day. But but quite often that's that's a bigger challenge. How are you guys yeah, mastering that? Sure. No, I think saying it as a challenge is probably an understatement um, because it is multiple teams. And and with where I sit, which is more of a corporate office, we also have field offices that are also producing their own content and they're own marketing strategy. So not only is a partnership between content development and like lead generation, um, but there's a partnership there at the local level of content development and lead generation. So it's a, it's a lot of spokes on the wheel, if you will. But um, it really goes back to having your marketing strategy or your content strategy, your lead demand generation strategy, and having it documented. I read a stat that you know, a certain percentage of people say they have a strategy, but a very small percentage of them actually document it. I think if you can invest time in getting in the same room with all the key stakeholders that bring this to life, and investing the time in documenting that strategy and really making sure that everyone's on the same page and you've answered all the questions and you know how the process is going to work. That's a key component to making sure you're successful month after month. Um, also think it's equally important as putting that strategy down on paper is revisiting it often. We have, we call it our bi-weekly um, direct marketing huddle. And in this bi-weekly huddle, we look at what we're doing, what worked last time, what we should change for next time. And again, we bring these same key players who help set the strategy and the foundation at the beginning of the year. They come back together for us every other week um, and make sure that we're headed in the right direction, that we are working together to achieve the goal, and that we're really adjusting when things didn't work. Because from time to time, you're, you one team has one idea and the other team has 
what they think is the same idea and, and sometimes just it comes out and is not the same. Um, but the, I think the constant communication between the groups is one of the bedrocks of what's making our strategy work successfully. So you talked a little bit about collaboration, which is another great opportunity to introduce one of our sponsors, and that's Proof HQ. So they know that one of the trickiest parts of content creation is the approvals and edits. You go back and forth with different people on making the logo bigger, is this the best photo we have? Well, you can kill all that drama by using Proof HQ. It's a slick web-based system that allows everyone on your team to instantly collaborate on content executions. You can work together on blog posts, ebooks, slide shares, videos, infographics, and more. You'll be more productive and more creative when you use Proof HQ. You can check it out at bit.ly slash Proof HQ. So Mary Beth, I had a question. You were talking some about the huddles and the things that you guys get together and discuss. And we've talked about sales enablement and external facing content. How are you guys measuring content success? Because it sounds like you may have two very distinct views, kind of what you're doing inside the company and externally. Sure. And uh, I like that question. It's challenging to me. My my personality is just get one done and then move it on to the next one. So I think the measuring of the success is um, something that's been very intentional for our group and something that we've really had to focus on. So um, we use a few tools, you know, things that are or commonplace like a Hootsuite or a Google Analytics or Uberflip to see how people have interacted with the content. But um, in addition to just looking at how much of the content gets consumed and some of the key metrics with content consumption that I'm sure most people measure or you know, some people measure, like um, time spent with content, opens, click-throughs, those kinds of things. I think one thing that we do to, to constantly measure the success of our content and making sure we're getting that good ROI is keeping lockstep with our sales team who's hearing from the clients or um, warming the leads that are ultimately receiving it and looking at the kind of interactions that, that they're getting and seeing if there's growth in the knowledge base there. So it's really a, a science as much as it is an art to really understand what's happening. Um, once we have those two pieces running and, and measured regularly. The other thing we layer on is continuing to try to look at what, what's happening in the marketplace, what our competitors are talking about, and really what's trending. So we have some um, some tools that help us do that and a few team members who really stay on what's happening out there, what we should be blogging about, what we should be pulling into our social strategy. So really looking at all those three things together is the basis of our, our measurement and how we measure success. I love that the you're tapping salespeople. You know, there's such a wealth of knowledge, and, and we often ignore them. Um, you know, maybe you know, again, with with that mindset that that Cox Media is a really large company, how are you creating, you know, from a practical perspective, that that opportunity to for yourself to engage with them or them to proactively engage with you? Mm -hmm. And it is definitely hard, not only because of the size of the company, but also because salespeople don't want to be on the phone telling marketing how the marketing materials work. They want to be selling because that's their that's their role at the end of the day, and that's um, you know what they're motivated by. But we've really made a concerted effort to make it so easy for us to tell for them to tell us what worked and what didn't that it's become second nature for many of them. Certainly not all of them, but for many of them, we've developed some key allies um, on the sales force that we know that we can turn to. So this is where our um, our content editor who oversees everything, the content calendar, kind of he comes back into play and serves as a key point of contact. And really a, a lot of the focus of his role in addition to managing kind of the day-to-day -day, is to build and cultivate those relationships with the sales teams, the one who, who see the value in what we're doing and then, you know, the ones who don't because they have great insights into how we could be doing things differently to be even more effective. 
so it, very tactically we've even done things like set up a shared inbox so when our shared e shared email inbox so when a salesperson has a win from a client that's called and asked about um, you know a piece of content or something they've read in a piece of content they can just forward that straight along no explanation they just forward the email over so tactical things like that that really just make it very easy for sales to approach you and share their thoughts and feedback I think is what's made it successful now you can have to weed out some, some things <laughs> we get a lot of feedback that way so sometimes we have to really um, bring it together and and evaluate what we feels constructive and what is like we should use purple instead of blue but I think it really does create a very trusting and open relationship between our team and the direct sellers so Mary Beth before the show we had asked you what drives you crazy about content marketing and you mentioned the content treadmill mm -hmm. so could you talk to that a bit and how you guys are working to overcome that Right. Yeah, I love this image of the content treadmill because I think any content marketer has seen themselves on this treadmill. And it's really just this pressure not only to create content to, to fill the pipe on an ongoing basis, but it also has to be creative and it has to be relevant. It has to be timely. And it has to be engaging. And you just get so bogged down in the, well, we have to get something else out that's going to perform better than that last thing did and reach more people and be on more platforms that it feels like you're just running and running and you're never really getting anywhere. You're never you know, finishing the race. So I think for us, um, a, a little bit of it goes back to that content calendar that we mentioned or that editorial calendar um, that really helps steward and guide the process throughout the year. Um, it, it not only shows us where we need to go next, it keeps us hyper-focused on what we're doing and it gives us a sense of accomplishment that we actually achieve what we wanted to. So I think that helps with the team and um, how they feel like they've contributed. But also to get off the content treadmill, I think something that we've had to realize is our competitors and even our peers, everyone is going to have a really great idea because there are a lot of people out there who are really good at this. And just because someone else came up with an idea that's different than ours or they did it first doesn't mean we need to run and catch up and do, do what they were doing. We have um, worked very hard to establish kind of our unique voice in this space and who we want Cox Media to be through our content strategy. And it's just those constant reminders to kind of stay the course, stay the path. Let's not try to run down everything just because someone else did it and it, you know, it, it came out really cool. Let's make sure that we're incorporating those best practices that we see from our industry peers or just the industry. Um, but let's make sure that we're incorporating that into our strategy in a way that's smart and thoughtful and really is going to help us produce content that's going to help build our brand and build our story within our strategy. That's, that's great advice. You know, I, I, I hope uh, content marketers... Uh, take note because uh, you know we really have to focus on on what content's working as as you've talked about today with you know tapping into salespeople tapping into that data that that you have access to um, you know one of the ways we like to kind of you know tone down as much as this has been really exciting and I'd love to keep chatting uh, is we'd love to ask you you know to to kind of turn back the clock to how you got here to you know the mm -hmm. success that you've had and you know the the fun question we love to finish off with is is looking back as, as a child where did you want to get to it you know I'm gonna guess it wasn't a B2B marketer but you know, <laughs> who knows because you you definitely seem to have found a good landing yeah, no, I love that question. And you mentioned at the top of the show my love of Game of Thrones, and I want to clarify that's not just the television show, that's also the books. I've read all the books, but <laughs> I'm going to tie that back to your question. When um, Growing up, I really loved to read very much, and I particularly loved um, Little House on the Prairie series. So I thought it was just fascinating how this, this girl had this life, and she was able to write about it in a way that made it so real for me. So I've always been very interested in kind of the facts behind the story and these real-life things that you can pull others into to by 
by bringing the story to life for them through visuals or through words. So I think that's a little bit um, kind of how I chose this path, how I went this way, but really just that enjoyment of having the story come out and really helping others engage through that has been something that I've long been interested in. So I didn't end up being Laura Ingalls Wilder. It was a little late for that. I don't have a you know covered wagon that I drive down in the giant interstate here in Atlanta every day, but it's been it's been a, a great journey to really help words and content come to life and really help people make smarter decisions for their business. I couldn't be more pleased. Well, Mary Beth, thank you so much for your time today. I learned a ton. This is an awesome podcast. So thank you for joining us. And on behalf of Randy from Uberflip, I am Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud. Thanks for Content Pros. You can find more episodes and write-ups at contentprospodcast.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you like to get podcasts. Feel free to give us a review if you have a couple minutes to do that. Thanks for joining, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Uberflip, Proof HQ, and Inbound Rider and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by...